What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void Horror Podcast. That's right, we're back for our second part. This is the showdown between two movies. Not really. No, we're not comparing them. No, we're not trying to say which is better or anything like that. But we are doing our flesh and potatoes segment for this week. We did the pregame on Monday. If you haven't listened to that, you should. Uh, as we may have mentioned and you may not have heard, Patrick is going to be taking a little hiatus from the show uh, to focus on a lot of he- a lot of hefty work. We're kind of like wishing him out, so be sure to share this with your friends if you can. Uh, things are going to be changing a little bit here for the next uh, however long, and we got a new co-host that's going to be coming on, so we'll be announcing that next week. But today's Thursday. We hope you got over the hump all right so far. Let's help you push you all the way to the fucking weekend, all right, guys? Like a gentleman. Yeah, like a gentleman. Inch by inch. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, we're going to be talking about The Void and The Thing. It's the 35th anniversary last week. We figured, why not bring out this one with a great episode about two good movies that we really do enjoy and compare them, contrast, all the different stuff about it. So, But before we get into everything and talk about how things are going today we are drawing the winner for our big box of horror giveaway if you signed up for our email subscription you are automatically entered we're sorry if you didn't make it in time but hey if you sign up now if we do another one in the future you'll be getting it right what did we put in this big box of horror some of it we want to kind of keep it a surprise, but to give you an idea, we're going to give you a bunch of Blu-rays, a bunch of DVDs, a uh, <laughs> some music. We got stickers from Jars from Mars uh, who donated some of their work to us. Thank you so much, Neva, for doing that. That's very cool of you. We also have a gift card to Amazon for $25. We also have... Oh, don't forget about the iron-on. Yeah, we got an iron-on with the BTV logo. We got BTV stickers from Jars from Mars as well, as well as a Frankenstein uh, iron-on too. So there's a bunch of stuff in here. We got food, candy, things like that that you can enjoy, popcorn, like popcorn buckets. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we put a lot of love and care into this, and my girlfriend Christina really did the box up really nice. Like, she dressed it up. Congratulations to, and we got a... Here comes the goblet. The golden goblet with the diamond eyes. It's a skull. Who's it going to be? We picked three, by the way, from the email list, randomly. And we're going to draw one of those three now. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) All right. So, 
the winner for the big box giveaway is Joey Bales. Joey Bales. So come on down, Joey Bales. No. Come on down. <laughs> if you listen, and I hope that you do, and if you don't listen and you find out that you won this, I hope to God that you listen to us and share this with your friends and let them know just how awesome we are to give you almost $100 worth of stuff for free just for signing up for our email. But Joey Bales, congratulations to you. We will be hitting you up through email to let you know that you won today. And you have a week to get back to us, so make sure you get back to us. Now, for some reason, we do not get a a response from you. We will be drawing another one, and we will notify everybody online and probably let you know on a future podcast who won it. So if you didn't win, that's okay. We're going to be doing more of these in the future. So make sure you stay in the email subscription. Make sure you drag it from your promotions folder into your inbox to make sure that you always get our email. But yeah, Joey Bales, congratulations to you. Congratulations to everyone that that tried out. Thank you so much for signing up and uh, being a part of the BTV cast. We love you guys. Seriously. But uh, how have you been, man? I've been pretty okay, you know. Uh, I Still working? Still working. <laughs> I, you know, it, it uh, definitely helped me emotionally. Yeah? To get out of my little Some, funk they, that I've been in. That's what they say, man. Sometimes that physical labor really kind of gets your fucking juices like, like endorphins going yeah everything shit. like kind of works together when you like work out and stuff right. when you sit around you kind of it's like your brain's in overtime right like when you when start you, thinking about every little minute stupid d- thing stupid thing right yeah. so well that's good man i'm glad what about you man how's your week man uh, i watched a movie with christina we watched uh the bad batch which is the uh, anna lily amapur she did the old girl walks home alone at night. She uh, came yeah, out yeah. with a new movie with the uh, guy who's going to be Aquaman. I can't think of his name offhand. Oh, Drago. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool movie, man. It's like kind of it's got Keanu Reeves in it. In the new Aquaman movie? No, in the in the Bad Batch. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually a really good movie. Like I did that interview or not interview. I did a review with Matronox for The Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, and for whatever reason, that movie kind of stuck with me, and I wasn't really turned on by it by the first time I watched it, but it never left my brain. And then, after doing a little bit of research on her and everything, I realized that she's, like, really interesting. And, like, very moderate-thinking person, very, uh... She doesn't take a side, necessarily. There's something about her that I really, really admire, and I, I think she's a... She's a really... Hot new director off the scene. I don't mean looks. I mean hot new as in like off the presses. Uh, she's she's doing some pretty cool things. She's like making movies that make you think without telling you what to think. Like uh, Invitation. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Corinne Kusama. Corinne Kusama. Yeah. I don't know. Something about Anna Lily Amirpour is really kind of, I don't know. I really like her stuff. She's not, this movie isn't necessarily horror. But there is some graphic shit in it. It's about cannibalism. Huh. But it's cannibalism in a metaphorical sense in a way, too. Hmm. So it's almost like the left versus the right politically. And, like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting how she forces you into a way of thinking about something. Right. And, like, the extremes of both ends and how everybody's a little bit every one thing or another, but they can all be brought to the middle in a way. That almost, the way you're describing it, it almost sounds... 
David Lynchian. It is and it isn't. Like she's got some really cool style about her. Right. She picked some cool music and stuff that she put in it. She actually used Diane Word again. Really? Uh, well, she used Diane Word in this movie. They're one of their songs. And uh, she's a huge fan of them. Oh yeah, they're just they're pretty great, dude. Well, she she uh, in the first movie, a, lo- a girl walks home alone at night. She actually picked a guy and made him dressed up with tattoos and haircuts and everything to look like Diane Word, like Ninja from Diane yeah, Word. Yeah. So I don't know, but if you guys haven't seen it, you really um, if you're in for some a little more artistic. Uh, sort of cannibalistic, um, spiritual, sort of... I don't know how to explain it. It's not a horror movie necessarily, but it does definitely has horror elements in it. Uh, and it's kind of funny, and it's kind of sad, and it's kind of like... It makes you think, man, and right. I like that. Like, it may not have all the answers, but the fact that it's making you think and forcing you to make your own opinion is really beautiful to me. I don't know what it is. Right on. So, with that said, I think we should move into our flesh... And potatoes mm, of taters. our <laughs> I'm sorry, I I potato taters, but our flesh and potatoes segment of things in the void. We'll do that right now. All right, guys, so now we are back, and we're going to be doing our flesh and potatoes segment of Things in the Void. Clever. Mm. <laughs> Clever, Clarice. Um, no, we're going to be talking about a couple of movies, The Void and The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah, you got to say John Carpenter's. <laughs> right. Otherwise, people aren't going to know what the fuck you're talking about. They're going to be mad. I think we should kick it off with one of the newest ones and then get into the thing. No favoritism or anything like that. Just just wanted to try to dive into one of the newest ones anyway. The Void came out in 2016. It technically released on April 7th of 2017 to the general public instead of like the festivals, which was my birthday, by the way. Right. I remember you being so psyched. About I it. was super psyched <laughs> about it. I was like, this couldn't have come on a better time. Just like the Grindhouse movie came out on the 6th. I went to see it. It was the day before my birthday, but it felt like it was my birthday. Right, right, right. <laughs> but the story goes, shortly after delivering a patient to an understaffed hospital, a police officer experiences strange and violent occurrences seemingly linked to a group of mysterious hooded figures. This movie was directed by Stephen Kostansky and Jeremy Gillespie. It starred Aaron Poole, Kenneth Welsh, Daniel Fathers, Kathleen Monroe, and Ellen Wong. Uh, And many, many more, actually. Uh, I think Kenneth Welsh was actually in the Awakening the Zodiac, which I haven't finished yet, but it was not so bad. Was it a... Is it... I don't think I've heard of that movie. Is that like about the Zodiac Killer? Or is yeah, that... it's about basically these people find a film reel with the Zodiac killing people. No shit. They get it from a storage unit, which is something <laughs> I used to do. Right. And they find like nothing in there that's worth value except for this. Hmm. And they find that there's a $100,000 reward for him. And so they go to try to track him down. And because of it, guess who they bump into? That's Zodiac. Pretty cool. But <laughs> Kenneth Walsh is in this movie for that. Aaron Poole's really good in the movie, too. I liked him in uh, The Void. Right. Um, he's been in a quite a other few movies. But 
there was a lot of different things that were involved in this. This was like a Kickstarter project as well. So this is a movie that kind of was a very independent film. Uh, they had a Kickstarter for some of the special effects makeup and stuff, or not makeup, but just special effects in general. Uh, I think they raised like $86,000, and I think the movie was made on a $150,000 budget. Don't quote me. So about quarter million. Right. They raised 86000 for uh, the Kickstarter or Indiegogo, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, it made about $149,000 at the box office. Just, uh, I believe, in the U.S., but overall. But they didn't get a wide distribution. I think they got 50 theaters. Yeah. So that's not that bad, not really. Not bad, no. For, somebody, for a movie that nobody probably knew what, what it was about, you know what I mean? Yeah. It got a lot, a lot of accolades at like Fantastic Fest, Toronto After Dark Film Festival. Initially, they started out with like 31 theaters and then it opened up in 50. So, but it grossed an estimated about 55,000 on its opening weekend. You may say that that's not very much, but you got to remember, guys, these are the little guys like trying to come up. Right. It's a micro budget. Yeah. It's a, it's a smaller and technically at $250,000 compared to like the big boys. You know what yeah. I mean? What do you think about it? Like you were, I, like I've already spoken what I I think about it. I did a review on it. If you guys want to check that out, you can on our YouTube page. But what do you think, Patrick? As soon as I saw the credits roll and the music hit and the scenery, you know what my first thought was? Why? This guy needs to do a fucking Silent Hill movie. <laughs> you know what's funny that you say that? Why? That's what they were basing it off of. Really? Yeah. Well, fucking spot on, guys. Uh, yeah, no, dude. Like, no joke. Like, I, I listened to the commentary on it, and he was like, a lot of people are comparing us to the, all these other movies and saying that, that we stole from this or tried to borrow from this and everything. He's like, honestly, like, we were really trying to do a movie that was like Silent Hill. But the funny thing is that there's two directors, and they have two wildly different tastes. So they try to combine the two, and I believe one of them was very Silent Hill. And another one was a, a little bit different, too. So that's funny that you should say that. So they'd probably be pretty happy to hear you say that. That's crazy. Because I didn't, like, guys, I wasn't privy to this information. Just to let you know. Like, <laughs> no, he a, didn't know. He really didn't. He lost his notes, actually. <laughs> yeah. I didn't save my notes is what happened. I fucking passed out on the couch, and I, I don't know what happened. But <laughs> from Heroin. the very get-go, I was I was hooked. Yeah? There, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I was... I was in for the ride from the just from the that beginning score. I was like, yes. Well, there's a lot of people that are on the fence about it. Sometimes, you know. Do you have any criticisms about it or anything? Or, you know what? No, I know a lot of people do, but I took it for what it was. It 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 was very evenly paced. I think. I thought the acting was good too. The acting was great. I've seen way worse, worse. acting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. and with probably the same amount of budget. Like, right, that's maybe worse even some than higher that. budget movies yeah, out there with some it's true. subpar acting. Other than that, I really enjoyed just the whole setting. The cinematography was fucking amazing, dude. Just yeah. the shots, the, like the, the the lighting and everything. The the transitions. Yeah. And like there there was I love that they try to put like a pyramid in every fucking scene somehow. Somehow, yeah. Right. And give that mystery, I think. Right. I was just in awe. And let me just say, like, I totally understand why people may not like this movie. Like, I get it. Like, I'm not one of those people who are like, fuck you. You don't like this movie? Like, fuck you. Like, we get it. It's not for everybody. But I think people are being a little too hypercritical about it. I do too. I think going in, they were like, John Carpenter, John Carpenter, the thing, the thing, the thing, the thing. They were like, oh, my God, I'm coming in my mouth. Yeah. And then they were like, wait, this isn't like the thing. It's like, uh, yeah, it only had, oh, I don't know, 
125th, not even 125th, actually, it had actually 175th of the fucking money that the thing the had. Thing had. had. Right. Like, we're talking about a fifth, or no, not 175th. It was like $15 million budget for the thing, and this one had probably like a quarter of a million dollars with the Kickstarter. Yeah. So they made gold, guys. Like, that's what I think. I think that they did a really good job and that people should support this kind of movie because they did so much with so little and they didn't even get paid. Right. They did it because they love it, man. Mm -hmm. Like, who else should you support than someone that's willing to take a year of their life away for something as precious to them as this movie? Right. And I, I get it, like... Maybe it didn't hit all the beats that you were expecting. Maybe it didn't do... It could have been better here and there. But they they did so much! I'm telling you, dude. Like, it's gonna be... I think it's gonna gain popularity. Just right. like The Thing did. It's yeah. like, I guarantee you, five, five, ten years down the road, people are gonna be fucking buying this movie they'll still. remember it somehow right and, and then they'll be like oh that was really cool they're I remember gonna be that. buying the collector's edition or whatever i hope so because i think it's it's worth um supporting it really is i, I mean i i try to support as many like crappy movies as i've seen like but this is it's a little bit different this is not a higher level i think and i'm not just kissing their ass i'm a very lovecraftian fan that's what it was these guys were interested in lovecraft and the fucking Silent Hill. Right. And Silent Hill, period. It did, and those like they, two just married so well together and, anyways. And, right. And I guarantee you Silent Hill got a lot of inspiration from fucking Lovecraft. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. some sort of Lovecraft. Some. But I thought like the sound design in it was really cool, too. Like I thought it was pretty elaborate for what they did. And even they said in the commentary, they were like, yeah, it was like way more elaborate than we thought. Right. We deserved even. No, I had my system cranked. <laughs> oh, did you really? I did. It was amazing. It's a good movie, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I know that, I mean, it's not a perfect movie, guys, but this is their first kind of like big, big, big movie. I think for I think for what it is and how they did it, it is. And I think some people who are being hypercritical out there will see there in their ways. Well, they're, they're their own worst critics, too. Like, right. like, if you listen to the directors, they definitely were like, oh, we could have done this better. Oh, did you see that mistake there? Like, they were kind of making fun of themselves in the commentary. And I totally get it, but I think, I think it's just one of those things. It's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't want to get into the thing too much. But that's a good example. It didn't really do as well as that they wanted. Right. You know what I mean? But... It still made a decent amount of money, and I think it is a cult movie. Yeah. And it will grow, and people will eventually remember it. Some people said, oh, yeah, they're never... This movie won't be remembered. It'll be buried. People actually said that. Yeah, and I'm like, really? You think it's just going to be buried? No. But I kind of wish they... like. Did you see the test footage? Like, the, the proof of concept footage? Uh, yeah, I did. The the original, like, three-minute thing that yeah, they did? Yeah, because I remember the, the first time I heard about this movie was through Adam Barbie, and he sent me the link over when he said, you gotta check this movie, this movie's coming out, and here's right. the test footage, and, oh, yeah, I was kind of blown away. Yeah. And, and I, like I said, like, when I watched the movie, and I kind of thought about what everybody else has said about it, I didn't see it. Well, it didn't I, bother me as much, at least. The thing I thought, like, I did like some of the things that they did in the proof of concept. Like, they had these glowing eyes. 
that was like had light oh, yeah, shooting yeah, yeah, out yeah, of yeah. it. And I really wanted to see that in the movie. I was a little disappointed that it wasn't in there. And I know it was like a super cheap effect that they did, but I think I feel like they should have put that in there. Yeah. Because I thought it kind of made it like a little more modern. Well, it it, it did leave it open ended. Oh yeah, it's an ambiguous movie. Like it, right? Like it's open for interpretations by anybody. Uh, I don't think that these guys are like the type of people that are like, oh yeah, it's ambiguous because I was just lazy. No, these guys, they explained it. They said, you know, there are some people that just go out and make a movie and they do it the easiest way they possibly can so that they can go home to sleep that night. But these guys, they put their heart and fucking soul into it and they actually fucking did more than they wanted and didn't have enough time to do all the extra stuff that they wanted to do. Yeah, they like, they didn't have enough time to... Like, they really just didn't have enough time. Right. They couldn't pay for everything, you know what I mean? They only had so much money. But I guarantee you, if these guys had, like, a million-dollar budget, they would do a million... Like, it would be even more. Yeah, for You know sure. what I mean? Like, and I hope somebody sees that and that they actually get a little bit of recognition. Now, like I said, I don't think it's a perfect movie. It's a good movie, though. Like, and I think that this is one of those movies where it's like, you root for these kind of guys. I think it's a well-rounded movie. I think so. I mean, there are some flaws. There's a little bit of weird pacing to it a little bit. I think people were a little more grandiose in the in the spectrum. They were, like, hoping for, like, this big $25 million budget. And what they don't realize is that they didn't have a $25 million right, budget. Right, So you can't compare it to the thing, guys. No. Or a $15 million budget, excuse me. I mean, there is some pretty cool trivia, though, uh, about this movie. I listened, watched all the extra stuff, and, like, even watched, like, one of uh, Stephen Kostansky's uh, fucking shorts. He has a bunch of them up, and they, like, some of them only have, like, a thousand views. And I'm like, these are actually really funny and, like, oh, yeah. kind of fun. Like, he did a, uh, you know, that the tagline was, like, there's a hell, this one is worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That came from a short film that he made called Insaneophenia. Hmm. And it was really kind of silly and wacky. Uh, like, they dubbed the voices. <laughs> and there was, like, some sort of, like, claymation, like, creatures and stuff in it. Right. But it was, like, really cool. And that was essentially where they got the name from. Or the tagline. Oh. There's a hell. This is worse. Uh, I didn't hear it in the short. But that's what it was. It said on some of the research that I did. But even still, if you guys want to check it out, check out Insanafenia on the YouTube, actually. Stephen Kostansky actually has a bunch of videos up, actually. They're kind of pretty cool. They shot this movie in Ontario, Sault Ste. Marie, Canada. And it was filmed in winter, but for some reason, I guess it was like unseasonably not winter. Oh, yeah. So it, there was normally a lot of snow, which was really cool uh, for them because they could shoot all the scenes that they wanted to do. Uh, and it didn't, you know, snow, dude. It fucking sucks to be working in. Right. But it might have been cool, like, if they had snow. I don't know. I was thinking about that. Like, would it change the movie to you at all? No. Probably not. Probably not, no. But that probably would have been like, oh, they're trying to rip off the thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know that, that some motherfucker would have said that. For sure. <laughs> A lot of the directors actually said that Aaron Poole was really easy to work with, but he was, like, super intense. So, um, and the really cool thing about the directors was, uh, Jeremy and, uh, Steven, they actually gave the actors a lot of leeway 
as they explained it, it was pretty funny. They they said the scrawlings of madmen that these actors tried to like decipher. The actors are like, yeah, this doesn't work. We got to add like this and this and this. And they were like, all right, just run with it. And they said that because of that, that they let the actors run with it, that they kind of made it more natural. Yeah. Then their crazy mind were thinking was natural. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. right. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting to know. You know how, like, when you make a movie, you got to, like, get all these locations. You got to, like, pay in advance. You got to, like, figure out where you're going to shoot this and that. Sometimes you don't pay. Sometimes you do. You know, you get away with whatever. But they actually lost all the locations that they were going to shoot at. And they were saying that apparently that there was another movie that tried to work on the this these locations and they basically fucked it up and so they were like, like the locations yeah like the the movie that was trying to make a movie with the same locations was was like oh they fucked it up somehow and the owners were like fuck you no we're not doing this anymore so they had to find all new locations and uh they said jokingly they were like well they were pretty much like go fuck yourselves <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was funny i was like damn right jeremy's a little more vocal uh, Steven's a little more uh, nice, but they have some nice banter between them in the in the commentary. It was kind of funny. They just would like make go on these like rants, like making up jokes, almost to the point where it's like you don't even know if they're being serious or not anymore. <laughs> so it's like they they like catch themselves a couple of times and they're like, yeah, uh, maybe we should be a little more legit. Like I don't think people are really. This is the worst commentary ever. <laughs> it's funny to me. Well, kind of like that. What was that one movie we watched? Uh, it had really super funny commentary. Uh, oh, uh, Resolution. Resolution. There we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, That was super creative commentary. Dude. Yeah, that was great. Dude. It was weird. I mean, I've 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 heard of other movies or known. I've seen other commentary that did stuff like that. But I think I'm probably the only person that actually listened to all of the commentaries. Right. Like they even said that they were like, "You're probably the only person." <laughs> That actually put the effort in, like, what's wrong with you? You know, you made me sit down and listen to most of, well, was it all of it? Just some of the parts, I think. But yeah, just like, I yeah. think you, you were cherry-picking stuff. Yeah, I was like, you gotta hear this. All right. right. Check this out. It's funny. It was But good. yeah, these guys are pretty fun to listen to in the commentary. Um, do you know what the, the hospital was? No. It was actually an old high school. You know, they, they kind of look like one. How do you mean? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. Well, they they dressed it up. They had all these like carpenters and like all these people that like recreated and like covered the lockers and stuff like that by like fake walls. Just made it look like a hospital, and it really does. It looks like a fucking hospital. Yeah. Although you don't. Yeah, it did look like a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> In the original proof of concept footage, they used like one guy in like the hooded sort of outfit. Right, with right. the triangle, and then they just multiplied it like a bunch of times. But then later on, when they shot the actual movie, they were like, "Okay, well, we need somebody that's like five foot six, and we need to be him, need to be slender, a little bit like you know, in shape." And like they didn't get that, <laughs> so they had like you know, plump ones and like not so plump ones. <laughs> Which I think it makes more sense because it it's it, essentially just the town people. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, but they were really upset about it. They were a little disappointed because they were like having to fix the wardrobe for long periods of time to try to make them all look the same. Yeah. But I think you're right. It's like, well, we don't know that these aren't crazy town folk or something from the void. So they would be all different sizes. Right. You know what I mean? To me, it sounded like he'd been doing this for a while and that he had a cult following. So to me, I kind of just... Or did they come from the void? Or they could have come from the void. But to me, I thought it was... 
his covenant of followers. Right. That's like one of those things as a director, I think, that you just like being super particular about that nobody right. really gives a fuck about. <laughs> like, like no dude. offense to you guys, but yeah, I know what it's like. I, I write music and it's like, oh, there's that little little hiss in there and it's like, what? <laughs> I heard music. That was cool. <laughs> it's only like the real like elite assholes that are like, dude, what the fuck? You left that hiss in there? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That sounds like me when I judge your music. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Patrick's always like super critical of everything that I write because he wants to add something to it instead of just like be like, yeah, I like it. Well, I think if you were to add this, 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 and this, and I'm like, Patrick, you're being an asshole right now. <laughs> like, Did you like the song as a whole? It's not done yet. Right. <laughs> also, the uh, directors, they were like talking about, if you want to do a movie, just uh, don't do special effects, like jokingly. They're like, it's, they were saying that it was like super time consuming and that they didn't have enough time to do anything that they wanted. There was actually scenes where they wanted to have like meaty walls. Like technically there was changes happening to the hospital as it progressed. On. Right. Like the hallway. And some of these things didn't really pan out, you know, kind of like in the mouth of madness. Oh, dude, I love Like, that you know, movie. when they go down the hallway and there's, like, all this crazy shit. Right. But they do show segments where, like, there's, like, a meaty thing with, like, a fucking fleshy curtain. Yeah. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of just like a like a segue to a different scene. It's like... That was supposed to be more elaborate. But again, not enough money. Right. Something that might have added to the critical people, to their experience, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you read any of the reviews or anything online, but there were some people that were, like, complaining about the lighting in the movie, saying that it was like they were trying to cover up their mistakes on their special effects. And maybe that's true, but, dude, like, you got... Like, guys, really? Like, are you really going to be that much See, fucking an asshole? I really enjoyed the darkness of the movie. It, it made it that much more scarier well, to me they're talking about like the scenes where the special effects are really supposed to shine right they're saying that it was a little too dark but they were talking about that they used some cameras that um and i don't know the specific models i didn't write that down they used very little light and if they had stuff with light it looked like a fucking nuclear bomb went off <laughs> oh, you know man. like everything was like oversaturated right. and like just like crazy so it kind of makes sense that they did it, and maybe, maybe they did want to cover some of the fucking things. Who Anybody that does special effects has to fucking work an angle or some sort of shot so that it doesn't show or reveal anything. I mean, fuck, guys. Even Evil Dead, you see the fucking slit in Henrietta's fucking hole. Right, or you the know? string on the eyeball where it goes into fucking yeah, Bobby like, Joe's mouth. Shit's or... gonna happen, guys. Right. Like, I don't know who's being so goddamn critical about it. Well, you know, there was a... His shoelace wasn't tied. <laughs> Like, shut the fuck up. Right. Jeremy Gillespie actually did a lot of the uh, cleanup in the movie and the after effects. So a lot of the stuff that they didn't feel was like how they wanted to shoot it because it's such a little amount of time. Because essentially what they do is they do all the acting parts and they try to do all the like special effects afterwards and everything like that so that they can kind of polish it up and make it look a little nicer. Maybe put some scars on some faces and stuff like that. A lot of people also say, oh, well, I didn't really understand it. And while I get that, it's like, does everything need to be explained? Is that no. really scary to you? Because if you understand what's coming at you, is that really horrific? And I, th and quite honestly, I think they did explain it. Right. They may have not given you the whole mythos about everything. Sure. And it may be, 
hopefully would lead to another sequel. Right. But I kind of like being left out in the dark and leaving it up to my own imagination. I've always been kind of down for that filmmaking sure. style. And let's not forget that this is supposed to be an H.P. Lovecraft sort of homage. And one of his most popular quotes is, The oldest and strongest emotion of mankind is fear, and the oldest, strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown, guys. So when you explain something like this, you ruin it. I mean, if they had like fifty million dollars, maybe they could paint it out for you guys. Right. I'm not trying to make. I'm not trying to make fun of anybody that didn't get it. It's not about people getting it or not. It's about that it's supposed to be an air of mystery to make it scary. Yeah. That you wonder what's in the dark, and that there's like kind of like Evil Dead did. Like, even though they showed you some things that happened, you didn't. You felt like there was something going on outside that you did not know what was going to attack you. Right. And they created that tension. And that's what these guys are trying to do uh, by utilizing that ambiguous sort of thing mm-hmm. without explaining it. And, and, you know, oh, well, you know, the monster comes from this direction. And if you want to kill him, you just poke him right here. Like nobody fucking that's not scary. That's it's it's like I don't understand why people do that. But I'm not trying to make fun of anybody that feel that way. So please don't take it that way. I'm just saying that some movies are not meant to be explained. Right. It's more for interpretation. Um, the morgue was actually the high school cafeteria. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where all the people, all the bodies were like going crazy and right, shit. Right, yeah, yeah. Also, the end scene was not a nod to the beyond. No. No, it was not. <laughs> they, they made a joke. He was like, oh, you were trying to like channel like Stargate, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fucking great. Because you know it's like jabs. Like, people are jabbing, like, oh, you're not original. Right. And it's like, dude, like, when we went into this, we weren't going like, okay, yeah, I want it to be uh, Lucio Fulci. Okay, guys, do Lucio Fulci, whatever you got to (laughs) do. Like, they were like, no, it just kind of came out that way. And whether you guys believe it or not, I believe them. Why the fuck are they going to fucking lie? Right. I don't know. People are being really particular about this movie. Some loved it, some hated it. But just so you know, guys... You did a great job, in my opinion, and Patrick's opinion. Yep. Keep it up. If you are listening, just letting you know, we loved it, and we want to see more from you guys. So keep up the fucking amazing work, dude. Maybe even make a complete Lovecraft story. Take one of his and make it your own. Well, maybe make your own mythos. I I hope they make a sequel, but it probably won't. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. Maybe, uh, dude, like I said, maybe it'll pick up speed. It could happen like I in fucking, a year. You right. Know? And then they'll come out with a CGI version. Ugh. Like prequel. To, like, <laughs> you mean like the thing? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's go over some of our favorite scenes. I don't want to keep us uh, too long running here. But why don't you go ahead and kick it off there? Uh, you want me to kick it off, bro? Kick it off, dear. All right. Well, there's a lot of scenes that I really liked. Um, I'm trying to pick. I have like a whole list of them here. I thought it was really cool, like, the very first creature, the whole string of events that happened. Yeah. The chick stabbing the dude. Oh, and spoiler alert, by the way, guys. <laughs> the fucking nurse is stabbing the dude, who happens to be their friend, by the way, in the face with the fucking scalpel. Yeah. And she just pulls it out really slowly and turns around to Aaron Poole's character, the, the police officer. Which was my favorite character out of the fucking movie. Oh, well, fuck yeah. Like, the whole creature in the beginning with the nurse, and then how the, like, tentacles were coming out of her face, and then morphing into this big hulking fucking witch-like beast. Dude, the tension right there, where he's trying to free the guy oh, from the hospital. Oh, when he's kicking the thing? That oh, was sick. Yeah, fuck, I like that, too. You know, that whole scene was actually supposed to be more elaborate. 
Oh, I believe it. He's like, they even said, they were like, you know, it went from her stabbing him in the face, then the tentacles like going out of her face, and there was supposed to be like two more like morphing stages right. of some sort, but they didn't have the budget or the time, mm. so they kind of had to cut a lot of scenes from this movie. But like, you know, when you leave stuff to your imagination, you're only going to make it that much worse. Right. And I thought that was a really cool scene, though. Either oh, yeah, way. Dude. And, then it, and, and then it drags out into the hallway and then sucks the fucking the state cop in. Right. Who was the guy that was in fucking Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 1980s. Yeah, yeah. The remake, which was, he's a really cool, like, I, I thought his character was really cool, too. You know, one of my favorite parts, and this is, this happens, like, right before the shit hits the fan, when the fucking, the police officer is in with the doctor and the nurses they're sedating the guy that they just brought in oh yeah and he just breaks the tension all of a sudden he's like fuck he bled on me oh yeah he didn't say it with that much intensity (laughs) but just the way he said it it was so it made me laugh yeah it it kind of broke the tension in that scene well i think that's what they were kind of trying to do a little right you know like to kind of make it like oh you're safe now you know like funny you know but I think they even pointed that out, actually. In the Did comments. they? Yeah. If you're listening now and you don't mind the spoilers or if you've watched the movie, there is, like, large chunks of really awesome shit here. Oh, like, yeah. It's kind of evenly spread out, some little ones and some very big moments. And they're really long. Like, they actually kind of string together pretty well, I think. Right. And the one in the basement scene when they go into the morgue and the dude's, like, pounding his head against the pipe... Dude, I love Which that is a puppet, scene. by the way. Right. They did a hand puppet, apparently. But, I mean, it kind of made sense because it kind of looked like it. Although that reminds me of the uh, trailer for Dead Space when it first came out. It had a scene just like that. In right. It. And you know what also reminded me? That whole scene reminded me of Baskin a little bit. Yeah. It just had like a Baskin-esque feel. They actually even said that the whole red light situation was kind of a bad choice. Yeah. Because it drowned out the colors of all the creatures right. and shit. And the slime. You right. Get, like, it's always cool to see the wet drippiness of the fucking... And, and you still could, but it just... I don't think it had as much impact. Right. There was a scene in the thing that it had a similar situation that they thought that if they had added... If they didn't add that, it would have added more to it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but... But yeah, I love that. I love that whole scene. I thought that was really cool. And it just goes on for like 10, 15 minutes. There's like these 10, 15 minute stretches of like this crazy amount of fucking gore. Really? I know, And you're right? just like, fuck yeah. Like, what is going on? And that fucking dude that's like walking backwards. I think his name was Troy. He was like a contortionist or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like. <laughs> they said that, that he was the first person that they actually cast. Really? Yeah, and they created a character based on him. Wow. He was, like, super into it. Right on. Which I would be honored, too. Like right. somebody, somebody, And this guy isn't, like, a fucking professional contortionist or anything. He's just, like, a straight-up fucking weird contortionist guy that just happens to be able to do stuff like that. Right. And they saw him, and they were like, you should be in this movie. And he was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, do you have another one? When the doctor's child is reborn. Fuck yeah. Dude, and the way it's just smashing those cadavers around it, like they're just nothing. <laughs> dude, it's like he's just stepping in like wet Steps piles Steps on their shit. heads and shit. Right. Yeah, dude, that was pretty cool. And it just smushed into like butter. It it was super great, and when you and and now that I think of it, that scene at the end where he's escaping and the void is closing, or whatever you want to say, and the, you, you see the monster chasing the guy out, right? While the hall the hall's being closed, that would have been great to see those meat walls 
You know what I mean? Well, and they did. That's that technically was supposed to be the meatballs. That was right. their version, but they couldn't. You know, like they only had so much. Yeah. And the funny thing is that the kid, the mute kid, I think his name's Nick in real life. Uh, he actually was like, "Go ahead, try to squish me. I don't give a shit." <laughs> it's like and he was like i'll just make it out of here in time before you can even like close it on me <laughs> that's great so he would like literally dive out into the like concrete yeah he was like a really dedicated actor that's awesome dude and i thought he was a cool character for someone that didn't speak yeah he was like there was... it takes a lot more to right. of an, an actor to be able to do to a... convey something yeah facial like, i thought he did a really good job for sure that whole baby scene though like i will say that i did Sort of like, again, I was a little partial to some of the proof of concept stuff. Right. That I wish that they would have kept with the baby. Although the baby was huge, way more big. (laughs) But it was like, holy shit, it's like spider eyes and shit like that. She gives birth to the baby, right? And Mm. then it drags her across the floor from the umbilical cord. Yeah. That was fucking <laughs> that cool, was cool, man. Like, what the fuck? Well, no, they're, like I said, they just have this way of building tension. Right. And when you see, like, when he's looking at her face, when she's laying down, when the baby's out, and you don't see the baby yet. Right. You just kind of see her jerking around. It was just, the tension was magic. Yeah. It had me on the edge of my seat. Well, let me ask you the million-dollar question now. What do you think the uh, the whole ending meant? Like, what's your take on it? Because I, I would like to see, like, I mean, I don't, I can't say what it is, but. Uh, it's really hard to try like, to sum that up into words, you know what I mean? Sure. Well, they even said that this, the the ending that they used wasn't the one that they, they had another ending. Right. But they couldn't afford to do it. So, like, this is what we got. The Void, to me, is pretty much the space in between. You know what I mean? Is how I kind of envisioned it it's not it's not that it's not there and it's not here you might have heard me talking about this before i have this like story that i've written and everything that it's about like creatures that live between the between uh realities or dimensions right called the dividers and the dividers essentially are nothing and they crave existence because they are the barrier between but there's like this dark oozy layer right because they're the absence right absent so in a way they kind of go into this like void (laughs) and they hold hands and they're like kind of accepting it i guess at the end right yeah it's like maybe they're just like on a whole new adventure like in this like crazy land they look up look up at the fucking triangle the like pyramid well it turned out at first it was like a bunch of triangles that no it was behind them they just had these like weird geometric shapes behind him oh okay because i thought it was like a bunch of triangles yeah well that's what everybody was saying oh that's the beyond they had all the little bodies like Uh, lined up like that no no (laughs) stop i mean it makes sense i get why people think that but hearing what they said i mean i have to go with their opinion over somebody else's oh yeah sorry (laughs) no i thought it was eerie i thought it was strangely beautiful kind of you know well they and one of the things that they were saying is that the doctor who was slowly turning. The hospital was also slowly turning. Right. And they wanted it to become sort of a living virus or like spore almost. You know what I mean? They didn't say spore. I'm paraphrasing to make sense of it. But it kind of makes it sound like it was infecting reality. Right. And that's very Lovecraftian. Oh, yeah. Slowly escaping out and infecting everything around it. And then when they kill him and the walls close up, it's gone. I don't know. I like the movie. Is it a perfect movie? No. 
But I think it's a fucking damn good one. And uh, I think if you guys check it out, you'll probably have an opinion on it. I can't say (laughs) what that opinion will be. If you think about what the budget that they have and don't act like a snooty person a little bit, like I definitely wanted to see more. Um, I think it could have done more, but I think what they had planned originally, if they had the budget for it, it probably would have knocked it out of the fucking park right. for most everyone. But because, you know, they could only do so much, put it all together and be like, okay, well, this is what they had. So I think they did a really good job and I think they should definitely get a bigger budget for another movie. Oh, for sure. I would love to see a sequel to this. Well, I think that's it for The Void, guys. But we are going to move on to uh, another classic. It's 35th anniversary, The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. And that movie came out in 1982, and nobody liked it. <laughs> yeah, weird, huh? Well, I don't want to say nobody liked it, right. but it didn't get the like the praise that, that they were hoping for, which is, you know, maybe the same situation as The Void, Yeah, like you've been saying. To give you an idea what the story is, if you guys have not seen this, there's probably something wrong with you. You should probably go watch this fucking movie. Do you not own a television? Yeah. I mean, it's on TV. Do you know what a hamburger is? Have you ever slept on a bed? What is wrong with you? Do you drink water? Yeah. (laughs) I don't. I drink beer. (laughs) Do you know what eyeballs are? Do you speak English? Do you speak language? It's basically the story is a research facility in Antarctica comes across an alien force that can become anything it touches with 100% accuracy. Perfect copy. Right. The members must now find who's human and who's not before it's too late. Yeah, that's it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know why I All paused right. there. Later, guys. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. And that's it for the show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, is directed obviously by John Carpenter. Dean Cundy did the uh, lighting. I think he did a really good job. He yeah. was the cinematographer, dude. Good job on that. Rob Boutine did the creature effects. He was a tech as well as sort of like help guide people to draw art to make the thing what it was. Right. All and, hail. Oh, dude. <laughs> it was way advanced. It was. Far ahead of its time. Oh, dude, so far. For what it was like at that time, like I really think they really went all out, and it was a little too much for people, I think, at that time, because it was so far ahead of itself. Right. I think that's that's why. I can only imagine, you know, because the first time I saw it, I'd already seen aliens and fucking shit like that, so Mm -hmm. it was no big thing to me, but to see something like that for the first time, I can imagine it'd be like seeing Star Wars for the fucking first time ever. Well, Rob actually did a lot of work on uh, other movies. He actually worked on The Fog with John Carpenter. Yeah. And The Howling. He did the whole, what they called the, like, head change scene or, like... Transformation. Yeah, it was, like, the whole transformation face thing, yeah. which is really cool, The yeah, Howling. Yeah, really good. What did you think, though? Like, what did you think of the thing for the 20 billionth time? <laughs> <laughs> we've always... I don't know. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times we've ever we stated on this show that it's probably one of our favorite horror movies. Yeah, it's kind of weird saying that now, you know. Yeah, it is one of our favorite horror movies. We'll say it again. It Why definitely. Not? I don't know where it places. It's probably in my top two. Right. Well, it's definitely behind Aliens for really? me. Anyways, it's behind. Really? It's, you know, it, it it's almost you almost they're almost in the same. Same spot. Same, Be- yeah. All right. Because okay. they're well, both. I'm judging you. Just I know. You, you can judge me all you want. 
I don't give a flying flip, <laughs> flip a flap. But uh, yeah, it's almost in the same vein, dude. It's it's a fucking classic movie. It uh, I'm really it's really surprising when I watched it as a kid. I, like I didn't know that there was all this distaste for it. And it's so weird. I remember mentioning this in another episode where I I moved down to Florida and I met these people at the local, like, video store. Right. And I was like, oh, I was like looking at Dead Alive. And he was like, oh, have you seen the uncut version of that? I was like, there's an uncut version? (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. And uh, he was like, oh, yeah, man. He was like, his name is Carlos, I think. It's, It's been so long. And he was like, I have some friends. We watch horror movies all the time. You should come by and hang out, man. And I was like, is he trying to, like, I don't know what's going on. Is he trying like, to touch my butthole? But when it comes to horror, it's like, I was just so excited. I didn't even care if I got raped. Like, <laughs> I was just like, yes, let's rape the fuck out of me. As long as, long as you got Lucio Fulci on, we're good. Um, no. But uh, he was like, he introduced me to these other people, like three other people. It was like, and I never saw Carlos again. It was so weird. I hung out with these other people, John, and he said, well, what's your favorite horror movie? And I said, I think it might be The Thing. And he was like, oh, come on, man. And I always felt really like I was like, you know, I was kind of young. I hadn't seen everything yet, you know, and I I was still kind of like learning my horror way. And when he said that, it kind of made me go, oh, like you (laughs) You don't like the thing. I like the thing. And I was like, yeah, it it scared me because it really did. Yeah, it really fucking devastated me as a child like i was petrified of what happened in that movie that was not okay for a child to reason with let alone an adult (laughs) but i don't know i just ever since i i watched it as a kid i've always just been a huge fan of it man like it scared me i watched it alone on like cinemax or some shit like that Cinemax used to be the shit back in the day. And give me a holla if you... I don't know why I I just said that. Give me a shout out if you guys actually watch Cinemax and you're old fuck like me. Get some Red Shoe Diaries on the go. Dude, well, they used to do Skinemax. Yeah. So... That's what I'm talking about. Wait, what? Red Shoe Diaries? You don't remember Red Shoe Diaries? No, I don't fucking know what that is. There there was like Skinemax. I knew because I was up... That's because you're a dirty perv. Uh, it It was up... Winking at this softcore porn. Yeah, winking. <laughs> winking like, it. More like yanking. Winking. Spanking. Mm. <laughs> Making mayonnaise. But yeah, no, but like it was like they would always have these horror movies on at night. Right. And Cinemax was like the go-to place. Like I remember watching Brain Dead on there or Dead Alive. Uh, I saw like a ton of stuff. Like that was like cable. Right. Like, that was the what early... Was the other... I mean, it was HBO, there was Cinemax, and there was another one. Well, there uh, before all of that, there was a thing called Super TV. Oh, I don't remember this. Super TV was the first cable thing that I've ever heard, and now I'm getting really old. <laughs> <laughs> Older by the second, Alex. Why don't you shut your mouth, you old fuck? <laughs> When uh, I was a kid, <laughs> I used to watch Super TV. <laughs> With my daddy, we used to watch uh, Emmanuel. We played at Natari and uh, some. You don't know what Emmanuel is. You don't know what Emmanuel is, Mr. Skinemax over here. No. Emmanuel was like porn. Yeah. Like cheap, shitty porn. <laughs> there was like, I, I, I didn't, I don't know if I know all the names or anything, but there was like Emmanuel in Africa and Emmanuel in. And, like, China and Emmanuel, it was, like, all these different versions of, like, some chick. Is it, was it, like, that Fabio? That would go out and, like, have sex with everybody. Was it, like, a version of Fabio? I don't... I don't know. Wait, was Fabio in porn? Is that what you're saying? No, but he was, like, I don't know. All right, Patrick, you know, I don't know what you're watching, but keep that to yourself. Dude, I like Fabio. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, I, we've completely derailed. Uh, let's see here. Let's let's talk about the thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I, don't know, I got. Dicks in my head. Oh, <laughs> I was wondering what's sticking out your ear. Uh, no, but uh, do you have anything else? I mean, like, what do you what do you think of this movie? Like, as it compares to other films that you've seen, and I mean, is there anything that even comes close to it? Do you know any other movie that's actually even like within the same realm as it? Alien. You think? I mean, like tonally everything. You really think that the thing is? The and, same? and maybe it didn't it didn't go as grandiose as the thing did, but it had that almost air of mystery to it. Okay, like the first Alien did. I'm not going. I'm not saying Aliens. There's not many movies out there that can do that. I think you know. Okay, but uh, it, it was. Well, I think you're wrong. But go ahead, continue. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely. I think in the same vein. Most definitely. The vein, huh? Into okay. the vein. Well, you do not? No, no. I'm just, I'm probably a little more partial to it than, than Aliens. Right. I like Aliens a lot. Alien. Alien, Aliens, all of them. I'm just saying. I, I like those, the franchise. I do. But the thing to me, I hold in a much higher respect. Yeah. Very much like I do, like the blob and things like that, because right. it's so fucking unique. And yes, Alien is very unique, but the concept isn't. The concept is not very unique. It, no. The, the things that they did with it are unique. Right. But the thing, the blob, it's almost super a, unique. Right. It's a step above a little bit. And to give you guys kind of an idea, the funny thing is, is that John Carpenter is a huge fan of the original, the thing that came from another planet. The original version of first movie ever of the thing, technically, uh, but it wasn't based off the book. Who goes there? And John Carpenter was like, he was saying that how much he loved the original movie. He just loved it. And then one day he was like Universal approached him and said, hey, do you want to direct a movie like a re-envisioning? He was like, I don't know what the fuck that means. A re-envisioning of the thing. And he was like, "Ah, I don't want to rip the thing off. Like, I love that movie. Like, I don't want to fuck it up. Right. And then he was like, you know what? This is a really good opportunity for me to do something. And he said, what if we went back to the original story of who goes there, did something with that, the original story? And, it, and, it, and he did something, I think, fucking magical. Like, and it's not even really technically a remake because it didn't even really follow any of the same beats. Right. But he said, he was like, oh, they just didn't know what to do with the creature. And that was the thing. Like, the Rob uh, Boutine guy was like, we could do anything we want with this creature. Like, this is a golden opportunity to, like, go fucking wild, and it could be anything. And it was really his idea that he was pushing that it, we could make creatures. But he really just was like, oh, I just want to go crazy with this, man. Like, <laughs> right. give me the money. Give me the money. Give me the money. You give got all this money. fucking money, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, which is cool. Like, I'm really glad that they did, because I think they've really made something very unique, very different. And that's why I think it's different than, like, Alien. Right. No, it is. I, I'm not saying it, it, it's the same. I'm just saying it's in that same vein. I think they're getting a little too heady with the new Alien stuff. Yeah. And they're they're losing the, the essence of what Alien was. And I understand it because it's a natural progression, blah, blah, blah. But there's something about the simplicity of some of the first films that work. I do like the headiness of the new stuff. Right. But it doesn't feel like an Alien like, I like those movies, but I just don't feel like I, it's... I've said it before, I'm going to say it one more time. His fucking movie, it's his fucking ideas. Uh, it's his fucking and loss. It, and 
a lot of these things that he's been intima- uh, implementing in his new films have been stuff that he's previously talked to with H.R. Geiger. Right. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, that's fine. That's cool. But H.R. Geiger didn't write the script. No, but he created the creature. That that doesn't mean shit. I mean, it is. It means that he made an iconic creature, and in that movie, that franchise would be nothing without him. But he didn't write the script. Right, but I'm sure he definitely anyway, contributed. Well, let's not get too far well, yeah, off We the won't bat. get too far off Again, that. we're talking about uniqueness. I feel like The Thing stands as a very unique film, and I love the fact that it was like shit on by all the critics. Right. And has now grown to this massive fucking beast that everybody loves. Like I said, when I was younger, I didn't know about any of this fucking hatred. There was no internet, you know. Right. If there was hatred, I didn't read about it because I didn't fucking know. You know, but these old, these kids that grew up with it at the same age as me and even younger now really love that film. Because it is a fucking marvel of fucking special effects. In my opinion, there's not a bad, there's not a bad scene in the movie. I mean, there's a couple of things that I probably you could do differently, but I I, I think it all wor- worked out really well. Right? How good was that fucking dog? I know it's just like a training dog, but like some of the scenes with that dog, I'm like, how the fuck did they get this dog to do some of this shit? Everything with the dog and the way it interacts with the people, it, it's almost like well, the original dog that they used when it was going through the snow was a different dog than they than the the one that was in the compound. They wanted they use in the compound, which was an amazing dog, by the way. His name was Jed. Yeah. They were, like, praising him throughout the, all the commentary. Dude, like, the shit that he did was, like, how do they get him to do Yeah, he exactly was a very that. well-trained dog. To walk up to the friggin' door, like, when he's going to the window's room. And yeah, just, and some of that wasn't even him directed. Like It was just him just, just doing it. The dog just did it. Wow. Subtext to this whole thing, the thing that I think really makes this movie so work so well is not necessarily just the gore. I think it's the fact that not being able to trust who you've known for as long as you have and not knowing if they're real or not and not even knowing if you're real or not is like the most amazing thing. Right. It's very body snatchers sort of feel like that whole tension between each of the characters is what really, I think, drives the whole story. And the the icing on the cake is definitely the, the special effects. Yeah. Like, it all works together really well, but I think that the essence of the movie is definitely that whole tension between the characters and not knowing, like, who is who and, like, what would you do in that situation? Yeah. Like, if you were a fucking alien right now sitting next to me, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how would I know? Like, you wouldn't even know. Like, I don't know. That there was like a huge debate on whether or not people would know that they were an alien or not. Right. And it kind of comes across to me in the movie. I've always felt like they they did know that they were an alien. That they were an alien. Right. Like a copy of. Did you feel that way, or did you feel like it was like they didn't know? No, I felt like they didn't know. Like if you were infected, you would. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like it was, but I kind of like that whole tension there and like what they try to paint with it. So. Yeah. Did you know that this is the first big budget movie that Carpenter ever did with a major motion picture company? I did not. He'd done all of these other movies independently, and they were just huge successes. So it was inevitable that at some point these major motion picture companies were going to be like, Hey, you got some magic over there, buddy. And, uh, you know, I know you've been doing your band thing. Now you're doing the fucking horror thing. You know, maybe we can make some money. I don't know. But the funny thing is, though... Is that they that this this studio was like 
all right, we got creative control over everything. And he was like, ah, yeah, I'm not going to fucking do that. Like, right. fuck you guys. I'm going to fucking do whatever the hell I want or I'm out. And they kind of backed off a little bit. A lot of people felt like he had a lot more creative control than he really had. But he did. He worked for it, though. And these weren't the best conditions of making a movie, either. These people were shooting in fucking Alaska. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking cold. And it was fucking cold. Yeah. He even said, he was like, oh, I got to stay in a hotel, so I didn't get the bad end of it. <laughs> but all the actors and all the crew and shit right. stayed in a fucking cabin like 27 miles away from the set that they made. They had to drive this fucking bus up this fucking hill because it's on a glacier. Just it's in like Juneau. It's just north of Juneau. It's like in this ice fields where they made this fucking camp. And it was like white out like you could not see. There was like times they couldn't work. But they had to take this bus up this hill. And there was like a mining facility that was nearby where they would mine ore. And they would drive these trucks down the hill. And they would radio ahead, get off the road, get off the road, because they couldn't stop. Oh, shit. So it was, like, kind of dangerous, right? <laughs> right? Meanwhile, fucking John Carpenter's, like, flying in on the helicopter. Hey, guys. How you doing? It took him two hours each day to get up that hill every day. No, dude. 27 sucks. miles. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? That fucking And these sucks. people were, like, working in, like, below, like, 30 degrees. Like, they were always sick. They were, like, you know, they, it was a fucking challenge. Like even he said it was the most challenging film he'd ever he's ever made because of the the conditions and everything. Yeah. You I know? Imagine, dude, dude. It had to be fucking I mean, they tough. Did, they did shoot some of it in like uh Juneau, Alaska. They shot they shot on a set, you know, afterwards and stuff and they did a lot of the special effects afterwards too. So, did you know who originally wrote the script before John Carpenter signed on? No. Toby Hooper. Really? Yeah. Fucking A. He actually had a script written up for the whole thing, and they got changed. They actually ended up working with um, Bill Lancaster, who he actually directed the the movie Bad News Bears, the original. Okay. Did you ever see that as a kid? Yeah. Okay. He was the he was the actual writer uh, for that, but he came in after Carpenter joined, and I, I think it's I think it worked out really well. Which is weird. You think Bad News Bears and the Thing those are va- vastly different. But there was really good subtle humor in the thing. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it was just f- there was some really funny shit in there. Yeah, the set that they did was actually they had to build the set in the summer, and then come back that fall. Before I think they shot for three weeks out there before Christmas, and they were all desperately trying to get back for Christmas. Right, crazy yeah, man. That's fucking dedication. Like it really is. Like you, you don't think about that kind of thing when you watch the movie. And then they were holding those flares. They said that they couldn't breathe because of those flares that yeah, they were the using throughout the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, like they were breathing in all that shit, and like it was like horrible. You know that scene where they're like un- unveiling the like disfigured thing from the Norwegian camp? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was actually uh, what they called A&D smoke, I believe. Um, but it actually has a really pungent smell to make it look like, to make it like smoke. Right. But it was like an old method that they used to do. So everybody that's like, like they're really, that's not acting. They were actually that's like. actually really clever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think it was, you know, they didn't like it. But of course, you know, Kurt Russell's just standing there like, yeah, you guys are fucking pussies. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a good old boy. Right. They were talking about in the in the commentary, by the way, that they did these shots with uh, TK, who is the guy who uh, he was called. Uh, he was the cook, the black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, they, him, and John Carpenter, and them went to do Hyderize shots, which I've never heard of that name. 
but apparently it's Everclear, and then they set the shot on fire, and then you have to drink it. <laughs> John Carpenter said it almost killed him. He said it almost, like, killed me, like, closed my throat up. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn, they were all laughing about it and shit, and he was like, no, I definitely came death close to death Ugh. because of that. Uh, I've done I've done Everclear shots before, but never on fire. No, I don't think I'd do that. I, I was wondering if it like burnt their throat or some shit. Right. Jesus Christ! You want to know something that will blow your mind? Ooh, blow it! Do you know that the Norwegian camp that they go to that was all destroyed? Yeah, was the same camp that they were in. Yeah, they blew it up at the end, right? Oh, so that's clever. Right. That's what I thought. I was that like... super smart I, filmmaking right there. Well, they had to. They had to do a lot with a little, right. as much as they could. You know what I mean? Like, But they, yeah, they went back to... They shot the beginning scenes from the blown up, so at the end of the movie. Right. It kind of fucks with your head a little bit. I was yeah. like, oh, shit, I didn't even think about that. That's fucking cool, dude. Blow my fucking mind, bro. <laughs> Another really cool parallel that to this movie that I really like is that, you know, that they're dealing with blood in the movie a lot. Yeah. And, like, trying to find some sort of cell problem that's taking over the body and shit. But when this movie was made, and when it came out, was right around the same time that AIDS epidemic started. Oh, yeah. So there was, like, weird parallels to the thing and AIDS that people were using as a, con you know comparison almost so I, I thought that was like really crazy like how similar that that it was and they thought it was really cool like i haven't thought about aids in a while <laughs> I, is it still out there i don't even What's fucking AIDS know doing these days i don't know i fuck everything i'm just kidding <laughs> not anymore <laughs> uh just kidding sad panda <laughs> kurt russell and the crew actually played a prank on John Carpenter because they did actually handle and use real flamethrowers in the movie. So him and Kevin uh, Giles. Okay. Him and Kurt Russell would handle it. So they, like, the day that Kurt Russell had to use the flamethrowers, he was like, he came in and he had bandages all over his face. And he told Carpenter, he was like, sorry, man, I can't act today. I burned myself really bad. Like, we're not going to be able to do this. <laughs> and he was like, are you serious? I don't see anything. I don't understand what's going on right now. So they kind of fucked with him. And it was like a 30 minute, like they spent 30 minutes doing makeup to try to make him look like he got burned by the flamethrower. Dude, that's wicked. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up, though. Uh, Keith David is the guy that did the other flamethrower. He's Giles. Yeah. Oh, that's the guy who was also in uh, They They Live? Yeah. Do you notice that? I don't know if you saw the scene. You remember when Wilford Brimley is like going crazy ape shit and like wrecking shit? Blair is what his yeah. name is. And you see fucking Keith David go behind Kurt Russell or somebody. He's got his left hand behind him like this. He's like, oh, yeah, we got to. His hand was busted. He broke it. No way. <laughs> and it was all like they had to wrap it like it was broken. Yeah. So they had to put a tape around it and like put a glove over it. So his hand looked like a fucking marshmallow. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, that whole fucking scene, you can tell. Right. I like, go you back can and watch Yeah, it you have to check. I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, it does look kind of bubbly. Right. A lot of the critics that were uh, picking on this movie said that they were mad at them for not having enough women or any women whatsoever in the film, and that there being no hope in the movie because it ended so poorly, and being a what they called a pornographer of violence. Hmm. They thought it was too much. Pornography? <laughs> I like pornography. I like bestialities. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Mr. Show, if you guys don't know what the fuck we're talking about. 
Another couple of facts real quick, and then we'll wrap it up and pick our favorite scenes here. It took about 50 people to operate the end creature scene. Oh, really? 50 fucking people, dude. Fucking Star Wars ain't got shit on that. Yeah, he said, uh, Carpenter said it was like one of the most insane, like, coordination that they had to do right because they had to redo it a couple of times you know what i mean like it didn't work out like perfectly and it was a last minute decision so they like put it all together yeah and they were trying to like get the dog to come out and all this crazy shit so 50 fucking people dude that's a lot and actually kurt russell came up with the final ending really he came up with the dialogue between oh at the very end yeah spoiler alert guys you're gonna want to shut your fucking head off uh or your ear pussies um, <laughs> we're gonna fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> wow, Jesus! Wake up, Patrick. Uh, I'm bleeding from the ears now. I am bleeding from the ears. Anyway, so Kurt Russell came up with the uh, ending, and it was. Um, <laughs> sorry, you made me laugh. <laughs> he came up with the ending, the whole dialogue between him and Giles. Which dude? It was uh, really great. It was. Let's do our favorite scenes real quick, and we'll just pick a couple each. All right. Not get into detail here. I'm going first. My, yep. The favorite scene in the whole fucking movie is the fucking... Uh, I mean, there is a lot of like really cool parts, no matter if it's gory or not. But if I had to pick my favorite scene that really impacted me as a child, it was the heart attack scene where the guy gets his fucking hands chopped off, and then they burn the body, all these tentacles come out of his chest, and then the head separates and crawls across the fucking floor like a spider. And then the dude's like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Right. <laughs> It's amazing, like that scene. If that is not one of your favorite scenes in the movie, oh my. there is something fucking wrong with you. I mean, if you're a director, you're probably going to pick these weird mundane things. Right. You know, just because it's like, oh, the actors, you know. But like, that scene is fucking, it doesn't quit. It it's doesn't. like It's like, it keeps going. It's like, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, <laughs> holy shit. It's like Double Mint Gun, dude. Yeah, no, it's more than Double Mint, it's more like quadrupled Mint Gum. <laughs> I, I just, like, it just kept going, and you're just like, when's it gonna stop? Right. Like, and it scared me. Like, I watched him, I'm like, oh, they're gonna save his life as a kid. And I was like, oh my god! You know, like, I my, my whole body went white. I'm even getting chills just remembering it when I was a kid. Right. Oh, man. And my nipples are poking through my shirt. <laughs> you want some milk? Yeah, I squirt it. <laughs> All right, what about you? I really enjoyed the scenes with the dog, just the way it acted. I was like, how the fuck did they get him to do these things? And right. like you said, they, he just did them. You know that scene where the dog walks down the hallway? Yeah. That scene was not even hardly planned. Like, that dog... You're talking about when he walks down the hallway and he's outside a window's room? Yes. And he... But he just, like, walks down the hallway, looks into the other room... Doesn't look at the camera. Nope. He doesn't look at the camera at all. Like, Mm-mm. he's not even focused on it. And then just walks, pauses at the room as you see the shadow, and then goes right in. Right. And it was like, you could not plan a better shot like that. Right. Like, and what about the fucking scene where he walks into the dogs? The do- the, the kennel with the dogs, Oh, dude. fuck, yeah. You oh mean where it fucking goes nuts? Right. But when he first introduced, like, all the dogs are calm. They're all laying down. And he walks right in the middle. You want to know something funny about that? When the dog finally sits, yeah. After that, it's no longer a real dog. Yeah, it was it was a fake dog. Oh, really? That was sitting there because all the dogs kept barking. Oh, (laughs) so they put a fake dog to sit there and just like lay still. 
Well, they did and a they, great job with well, that Well, yeah, pop, because they, they took the lighting out of it so that you couldn't see, and then it starts to morph and change and, right. and start fucking, dude, what a fucking crazy scene that is. But that is. is my favorite scene when it starts to morph like that. Other than it's acting beforehand, just because it's so crazy that that's not a dog. Watch <laughs> I mean, not. Sure. And then when they go in the second time and they shoot the dog in the chest, oh, dude. that's getting strangled by the one of the tentacles. Right. It was like, ah! <laughs> oh, dude. The tentacles are so great. Oh man, that's pretty much what it sounded like. Yes. Right? Spot on. What about you? what was another one of your favorite scenes, dude? <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh oh, funny part. I'd rather not spend the rest of this winter tied to this fucking chair. <laughs> well, while you guys aren't too busy, I'd rather not spend my entire winter tied to this fucking chair. <laughs> That's so funny. Dude. Right. I really enjoyed the what I was telling you when the guy they, they locked the guy out in the shelter. Right. He's like, I'm all right now. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right, Clark. Right. You can see the noose just hanging. Come on, Mac. <laughs> Let me out. I want to come in with everybody else. I hear things. I'm not. I'm all right. I, if I was messed up, then I would be all right now. Everything's okay. I want to I wanna come in with everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> the noose, dude. Yeah. Yeah, with the noose hanging there the, the whole time. The fucking noose was like, was like it, so, he said that somebody added that as a touch. And I thought it's it perfect. I, that's touch. perfect. It really is. Yeah. It's really a fucking great scene right there. Yeah. And Wilford Brimley is fucking. He's the shit in this movie, man. He like, really is. Like he goes ape shit. He fucking like is digging into the fucking dead corpse. Oh, this is an oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another quick fire scene I really like, and everybody should, is the chess master scene at the very beginning of the film. Oh, uh, where he dumps the water Gee, or the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you just wasted a thousand dollars right there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guarantee you that computer probably cost a lot of money back then. Oh yeah, for sure. It's probably the equivalent of like two grand nowadays or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was pretty funny. Um, let me ask you this, okay? Now, guys, you definitely want to hear this part if you don't know. What do you think? Who was infected at the end of the movie? You know, I used to think it was uh, what's his name, Giles. Yeah, I used to too. I used to think that until I, I recently just watched it, and there was. Something about Kurt Russell had a smirk in his face. Well, Kurt Russell didn't know. Nobody he, knows. Nobody knows. But it just like I what I saw from his the way he acted. I was like he just had a certain smirk in his face when he handed him the bottle of whatever they were drinking. I always think it's Giles. It could have been Giles, but it, it could be Kurt Russell. I don't know. I think it's it's Keith David almost. <laughs> but yeah, it totally could. But that's the funny thing. Carpenter said he'll never let anybody know. Really? Yeah. He said there is an answer. Wow. But I'm never going to tell anybody. Fucking bastard. I think it's perfect that way. I'm glad he's not. If we're having a discussion about it now, that's exactly what what he intended. What he intended, yeah. And a lot of people didn't really like the ending. They were like, well, he was like, well, I could have had them, like, you know, fight the creature and then one of them die and then one of them walk off into the the snowy sunset. He's like, but that was stupid. No, the way he ended it was perfect. Right. Like, it was a a big thing. And Kurt Russell was a big part of that. So, I don't know, man. I think it's kind of perfect the way it is. Doesn't need to be changed. Doesn't need to have answers. It's nice to speculate and kind of theorize as to what happened. They weren't even supposed to show Blair at the end either. 
No? No, it wasn't in the script. They added him in, which I think was a good idea to let yeah. you know that he was infected. Right. I think that was a good touch. Well, you kind of knew he was infected once you saw that he was building the spaceship yeah. down oh, there. Oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. definitely ate well enough oats for yeah. that day. <laughs> <laughs> Diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> Uh, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, you can go ahead and check out the episode on Monday where we took a diabetes shot with oatmeal in it. Yeah. Take a diabetes shot. Anyway, if you guys haven't come in your fucking pants, slippered up your chair or whatever the fuck it is by now and you've never seen this movie, don't watch horror. If you haven't seen this movie, stop whatever else you're thinking about watching and go watch it and see what you think. Right. Now, as a comparison to the two, I think there's some parallels in this, not necessarily in the story or the making or anything, but there's a lesson here that we've learned. That even though they had $15 million and it only made $19.6 million at the box office, the thing I'm talking about, doesn't mean it's a box office failure and it could become a cult classic. Everyone hated this movie back in the day, most everybody, and now it's a huge success and is one of the biggest notches in his fucking bedpost. John Carpenter hails this and like in the mouth of madness is one of his like favorites. Like, I don't even think he's even a fan of the Halloween series anymore. Really? I think it's, I think, you know what I mean? Like, I think he's just like, these were like way more. Right. Like I just, in the mouth of madness is probably one of my first films I saw from him. I love that movie. Dude, I... That and fucking The Thing are two of my favorite movies, man. I love those movies. But yeah, guys, if you haven't seen this, you really owe it to yourself. And definitely check out The Void. There's a lot of factors that go into making a movie. And and when you start researching these movies, you start to realize these kind of things. Right. Like, where the heart, the passion... Like, just our little measly little fucking show is a lot of fucking work. And these people work... 50, 60, 100 times more harder than we do. Right. Gallons and gallons of blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, man. So, like, take that into account. I understand, you know, maybe I'm, like, a little hateful on some of these movies. And, you know, if they're bad, they're bad. But I think people were being a little critical on Void. And you you shouldn't compare it to a $15 million movie from the 80s. Yeah. Okay, that's essentially like $50 million today and, or something crazy. And that's a style of story writing that's kind of gone away, you know? Yeah, it was kind of a... Uh, the thing had a classic touch mm-hmm. with the whole, like, 12 Angry Men. Right. And, and <laughs> Do you they, know what I mean? Like, right. I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's kind of like that in a way. And they gave you enough of everybody's character, you know what I mean, to kind of understand where they're coming from. Right. And not a lot of... Movies do that. It's kind of just like one-offs. You well, know and then they left it open at the end, too, because it's like the qu- real question of the thing is, it's like, who do you trust? Yeah, exactly. What would you do? Like, how would you deal with it? Right. Like, go out with a ball of fucking, a flaming ball of fucking hatred and try to kill everything around you? Or, like, what do you do? Like, you just, I don't know, kind of leaves it open. Yeah. It's a nice little package. It is. But anyway, guys... Thank you so much for stopping by for our Flesh and Potatoes segment this week of Things in the Void. Is that what it is? Things in the Void, yes. Yeah, Things in the Void, uh, which is going to be doubly confusing when it's Beyond the Void and Things from the Void. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you get it. (laughs) You get it, right? Congratulations to Joey Bales for winning the big box of horror. Make sure you get back to us within a week, buddy. 
We're picking a new one. You no hard that, feelings. No hard feelings. I hope you listen. But we'll hit you up in the email. Everyone else, thank you so much for submitting and uh, signing up for it. Be sure to sign up because uh, we will be doing these things in the future. So you want to get ahead of it because you're already entered if you're already in the email subscription. So, Patrick, you want to have any closing words before you ditch us? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hate you all. And uh, I never liked you. <laughs> I never liked you. My dick is bigger than yours. Oh, my God. My bacon count's bigger than yours. Uh-huh. And you're ugly. And you're all ugly. <laughs> no, really. Come Fuck on. you very much. Come on. No, I, I'm good. I'm definitely going to miss this, guys. This is... Uh, I've been here for a while now. Almost a year. Mm-hmm. And well, I uh, really enjoy hanging out with Alex anytime I can. We're definitely good friends. We've been friends for a really long time. And hopefully, I will be trying to make it back very soon. As soon as I get things settled out. Uh, in my life you know but so, uh i definitely want to try to make it next week for that chucky uh, so make sure you send him hate mail yes all the hate <laughs> mail <laughs> curse him vocally but no yeah we'll miss you man but you know hey if things work out like we talked about maybe we can make it happen again dude right but that's okay thank you so much for being a part of this dude no matter what thank you for letting me be a part yeah, of we'll it we'll still hang out it's well not, yeah it's, it's not Wait. forever patrick what are you, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing this sad sap shit for, dude? <laughs> I'm just trying to be awkward. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by. Be sure to stop at longlivethevoid.com. Give Patrick some love. Love you guys. See you guys. Peace out. Tune in every Monday for a brand